and welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about Season 2, Episode 15, Phases. Yay! 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 Get to find out more about our favorite chill, not-so-human being. I know. I am so very excited. And I have a lot of questions about this episode. I know. I know. So it's probably good. I don't have any announcements. So we can just get right into it. Yes, we can We can talk about Oz and all the fun stuff that we're finding out about him. Yes! Okay, so Phases. It aired January 27th, 1998, and the synopsis is, things get hairy when Buffy (laughs) tries to stop a wily werewolf from becoming a poacher's prize. That's a lot of alliteration. I love it. I love it. (laughs) It is like wily werewolf. I love it. I love the wordplay. So what are our international titles this week, Froggy? We, We do have some good ones this week. Uh, in Czech, we have Werewolf in Sunnydale. I love it. Finnish, Curse of the Full Moon. French is just Full Moon. Of German, course. The Werewolf Hunter. Ooh. Hungarian, Transformation. Italian, Full Moon Night. Oh, Italian. Japanese, Night of the Wolf, Polish, Moon Phases, and Spanish from both Latin America and Spain is just the phases. I kind of like Night of the Wolf, though it's incorrect. Yes. Because it should be Knights of the Wolf. Yes. But I do really like Night of the Wolf. Yeah, I like like the way, I like how fancy that yeah. sounds i do like i i do have a soft spot for the czech one werewolf in sunnydale because it I just love makes that me, one too it, it makes you feel like werewolves of london yes but no i do like the i do like the japanese one so we don't have a previously on this week but we do get giles's slayer spiel which to me sounded a bit different it did it did. So, I thought okay. when I rewatched it, when I rewatched it this morning, I thought the same thing. It sounded slightly more serious. Like he really. I couldn't figure out if Tony had a cold when they re-recorded it or if he was like going for a more dramatic read. It was very dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Because his his original his original read of it. It's just very like factual. Very factual. Very cheesy. This is pulling out his dramatic acting chops yes yes this is this is that like rsc actor that like every british person has inside of them oh yeah yep after that we go to sunnydale high where willow enters coming across oz (laughs) who's staring at Catherine's cheerleading trophy i love it i i do too because we're gonna re-see amy in the next episode yeah that was a nice little a nice little bridge this episode this episode actually has a few callbacks to the it first does. season. It has a lot of them. There they they make in a lot of their conversation, there's a lot of mentions of things that happened in season one. So but I do love this moment of Oz staring at Catherine's statue and going back and forth, mentioning that the eyes watch you. <laughs> Yeah, no. so Willow says hi, and Anna says the trophy. It looks like the eyes are following you, and he likes it. Yeah. But you know what? And the thing is, like, th- as as far as we know, they never realized what happened to Catherine. Like, because I think at the end of that episode, they didn't know where she went. And then we know that she's in the, in the trophy. Yeah, they just, yeah, they, she just went to, like, some alternate dimension, which is, like, horrible when the school gets blown up I in know. season three. I know, because, wow, that, yeah, that's dark. But by that point, Amy is also a rat. Well, yeah. So, yeah. They move away from the case, and Willow asks how he liked the movie. Oz says a lot of movies today are like popcorn. Good, but forgettable. He did like the popcorn, though. Willow said she liked that, too. And the other parts, the parts that included being with him. Oz seemed to enjoy those parts as well, but despite their mutual enjoyment, an awkward silence seems to come over the pair, which Willow breaks when she sees Buffy. She has a friend. She needs to go. She rushes over to Buffy as Oz watches her leave. Of course, that's when Larry and his crew show up. Oh, Larry. Fun fact, the script actually refers to them as his Larryettes. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> Oh, Larry. Larry says he'd love some Buffy Willow action, to which Oz replies that he has really mastered the single entendre. (laughs) 
Before Larry can say anything else, a girl who I think looks a little bit like Rebecca Gayhart. She does. Yeah. And also in the script, it was mentioned that this could be Teresa mm-hmm. if they wanted to use Teresa for the, the teaser. Yeah. But kind of to set up like Larry's harassment of her. Mm-hmm. But I guess they decided not to. Yeah. Larry just harasses everybody. I think that's the point they were trying to make. Yeah. They, yeah. It's not just on one or two people. It's on all the girls. Larry slams her books out of her hand, causing her to bend over and pick them up. At the sight of her ass and her legs, Larry proclaims, thank you, Thighmaster. Oh, Thighmaster. Things I forgot existed. I know. Yeah. We had one in our house. This is so gross. But going back now, it's really easy to see how Larry is clearly overcompensating. Yes. Yes. When you when you think about what is revealed later on in the episode, you can tell that he is trying very hard to be that that guy that guy that guy and the thing is it's like we're used to in especially in teen shows having quote unquote that guy Mm -hmm. so the way that it takes a twist later on in the episode is a very cool thing that they that they did that he's trying to again be that guy and to look like yeah what teenage boys are supposed to do at that point in their lives yeah, and I, and I I love, I mean, I don't think we see Larry a lot after this until, like, graduation. No, yeah. But I do love that even at the end of this episode, you see that, like, now that Larry has even only to, like, one other person yes. embrace this part of himself, he's starting to change. And he, ad- admitting it to someone like Xander allowed him to... Be comfortable with himself. I mean, granted, he, you know, he he completely misinterprets what Xander was talking about. We're going to talk about that conversation. (laughs) I love that conversation. But I, you know, and I I do, I do like Larry and I do like how he, how he changes. She leaves disgusted and Larry asks Oz, what's up with the whole his dating a junior thing? Is it that Willow's innocent little schoolgirl look is just a facade? Yeah, actually, Oz says she's actually an evil mastermind. It's fun. (laughs) But she has to be putting out, right? Otherwise, what's the point? What are they going to do? Talk? Come on, fess up. How far have they gotten? Willow answers that question by telling Buffy, nowhere. She says she knows that Oz wanted to wait until she's ready, but she's ready. Buffy says it's nice Oz isn't being an animal. Oh, Buffy. (laughs) This show is too aware of itself sometimes. Willow agrees and says they're having a lot of fun, but she wants smoochies. I know. Everybody wants smoochies. Well, has she tried dropping any hints? She's dropped anvils. (laughs) Buffy tells her not to worry about it. What man could possibly resist her wily Willow charms? At last count, all of them, maybe more. Well, then they get an F in Willow. (laughs) But Willow wants Oz to get an A. And what are those little gold stars? Sitting down, Buffy says he will. But when? Willow doesn't want to be the only girl in school without a real boyfriend. Buffy's head lowers at that and Willow looks utterly abashed. She didn't mean, she shouldn't even be talking about this. Does Buffy want her to go away? Buffy says she wishes she wouldn't. Willow then asks how she's doing and Buffy says she's holding up. She went two whole minutes without thinking about Angel. (laughs) Well, there you go. She says she'd be doing a lot better though if the two of them and Xander could do the whole sharing in each other's misery thing that night. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. Willow will give Xander a call. What's his number again? Oh, right. 1-800-I'm-dating-a-skanky-ho. <laughs> Buffy responds with a meow. Meow, Willow. And Willow smiles. Really? She's never gotten a meow before. <laughs> but come on, Xander and Cordelia? What does he see in her anyway? Seems Xander has a similar question. Mm-hmm. And that night, he pulls away from Cordelia to ask what Willow sees in Oz. <laughs> Cordelia wants to know if they're really doing this right now. The good question. Yes, Cordelia. Because <laughs> she did not bring him up there to talk about Willow. She brought him up there to do things she can never tell her father about because he still thinks she's a good girl. <laughs> it's just he's a senior and in a band. They all know what kind of element a band draws. Cordelia says it's fine. She's dated many guys in a band. 
Which is kind of Xander's point. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. She then asks if he even wants to be there. He's not running away, is he? No, but just when he's not babbling about Willow, then he's raving about Buffy. Xander says he does not babble. He rambles, occasionally yammers, (laughs) but never babbles. Cordelia reminds him they are alone in her father's car (laughs) with a big, beautiful full moon outside. It does not get more romantic than that. And so she would like it if he would kindly shut up. (laughs) Getting the message, he does, and the two begin kissing again. The camera pulling out just enough for us to see that they are being watched by the werewolf. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. I I like this. I like the setup of this. It's a very classic horror movie. It's it's very, very. Yeah. Credits. Yay. And we're going to see a credit moment later in this episode. Oh, yes. Yes, we are. Yeah, I did. I did take note of that. We return to Cordelia's car where she and Xander are still making out. (laughs) Only now Xander thinks he might hear something. What? Does Willow send out a distress call that only he can hear? (laughs) I think he I think she would. They, they have those they have those best friend twin powers. Exactly. He tries to full on Elsa it and resume the kissage. But no, no, he knows he heard something that time. Cordelia starts to say that maybe she should just drop him off when a giant furred <laughs> arm comes through the roof and both her and Xander start screaming. That's yep. That's a very that's a very classic moment. Well, I feel for it to be truly classic. Xander or Cordelia would have had to get out of the car to check. Of course. But you know what? They they do live on the Hellmouth. So they're smarter than that. So they know better to not get out of the car to investigate. Somebody else might have. Another kid yeah. might have. Yeah. But- had we been focused on a random couple, the boyfriend totally would have gotten out of the car and gotten eaten by the werewolf. Yes. But we don't want anybody to get eaten by this werewolf. No, we do not. No. Starting the car, Cordelia backs up, throwing the werewolf from <laughs> the car before speeding off. Xander knew he heard something. Good Good job, Cordy. The next morning, Buffy inspects Cordelia's car in the school parking lot, looking at the damage done to the roof. Are they sure it was a werewolf? Six feet tall, hairy, snout. Yeah, Xander's sticking with werewolf, (laughs) especially as it tried to bite them. Oz tells them good plan. And Cordelia says it was just horrible. Her dad just had the car detailed. (laughs) Giles arrives with the paper and Buffy asks what the word is. Giles says there were several other wild dog attacks reported in the vicinity, as well as some mutilated animal carcasses. Make sure those wild dogs don't get into the school and eat the principal again. Oh, no. Like bunnies? Willow looks at Giles before saying, (laughs) no, don't tell her. She doesn't want to know. Oz tells her not to worry. Bunnies might not look it, but they're tough. Oh, we all know bunnies. Giles says, thankfully, no one was hurt. Something Buffy says falls into the that's a change column, (laughs) which causes Giles to admit that it's only this time. Surely the werewolf will be back next month or even that very night. As Willow reminds them that that night is actually the full moon. Mm -hmm. The night before was just that. The night before the full moon. Traditionally referred to as the night before before the full full moon. moon. Giles says this would mean the legend about werewolves only prowling the night of the full moon is erroneous. Yeah, Cordelia agrees. Or it's a bunch of crock. (laughs) Buffy says it looks like Giles has some learning to do. And excited, he agrees. Werewolves. They're one of the classics. Oh, he's so excited. He is so excited. He is so like, he is so ready to go and do his research. And oh, he leaves declaring that he and his books are in for quite the afternoon. Buffy thinks he needs to get a pet. Well, he needs he needs to get back to Jenny. Jenny will keep him. Jenny (sighs) with Jenny. Oh, (sighs) Oh, I don't want to talk about. About our our time's running short. I don't want to talk getting, about that. It is getting really, really short with Jenny. Oh no. Anyway, yes. <laughs> Werewolves. <laughs> Werewolves. In gym class, a female instructor tells the class, including Buffy, Willow, Xander, Cordelia, Oz, and Larry, that Sunnydale is becoming more and more dangerous with nights like the night of the full moon bringing out the crazy. However, a few simple self-defense maneuvers can help allowing them to protect themselves. As she's talking, Buffy whispers to Willow, she has an idea. Move away from the Hellmouth. <laughs> Oz tucks Willow's tag in and Xander makes a face. Would you look at that? He's all over her. Using the worst stage whisper ever. Oh my God, Xander. Xander. tells Oz that this is a public forum. <laughs> Xander, you gotta bring it down. Bring it down. You're you're, you're at a 10. You, you need to be at a negative five right now. Something that causes Cordelia to remark that he might have splashed on just a little too much <laughs> obsession for dorks. 
Which, of course, in the 90s, you get a Calvin Klein reference. Mm -hmm. Of course. Xander doesn't get a chance to reply, though, as the instructor tells them to get into their groups. The boys stop by the desk to do some, I don't know, sign in. Though I assume the teacher called roll at the, I don't know. They're doing something by the table. I I think, like, maybe this is an extracurricular class because of the attacks. Like, plus... There's just so many people in this class right now. That's true. Plus, there's a, there's seniors in there, and I it's yeah. it's, a, it's another one of those weird television kind of things. That's true. Anyway, Xander notices a bandage on Larry's arm and asks what happened. The week before, a large-ass dog apparently came out of nowhere and bit him. Oz says he gets it and shows off one of his fingers. Turns <laughs> out his cousin Jordy, who just got his grown-up teeth, does not like to be tickled. <laughs> oh, Jordy. Shaking his head, Larry leaves the table and goes over to Teresa, another girl in the class, making the comment of, be still my shorts, oh. and saying that since they're in the same group, he just might have to attack her. Oh. Teresa, looking less than enthused and just a bit panicked, says she thinks there's a few of them in their group. Yeah, and Buffy is one of them. She gives Larry a grin that conveys just how much she can't wait to put the hurt on him, which is when Willow grabs her. (laughs) She needs to remember she's supposed to be a meek little girly girl like the rest of them. Well, that's no fun. (laughs) Also, doesn't Buffy have a reputation? She does, yes. Everybody knows that she she fights, so... And people definitely saw her slam Larry into the soda machine on Halloween. Yeah, because yeah, that was also because that was also part of Xander's thing was he everybody was mad that it. everybody saw it. So I don't think she has to pretend to be that meek, but no. okay. No. It sets up the scene very well. No, it's a good it's I, I do like the way that they do this. Also, there was originally another scene that went here that had Xander preparing to be attacked by Cordelia and Willow. And at first, the two girls start arguing with each other before teaming up to attack Xander in tandem, Mm -hmm. which kind of leads into the fact that like the two of them are hanging out for the rest of the episode. Yeah, because I like the way that the way that it ends up with the two of them. Yeah, so that would have I guess it got cut for time because it wasn't that important. Yeah, that would have been our bridge from the like them both complaining about the other to hanging out together. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of like the idea of the two of them teaming up. Yeah. The teacher begins to instruct them on what to do if someone is attacking them from behind, bending over and using the attacker's momentum to flip them. And in the beginning, Buffy tries to pretend, hugging <laughs> Larry's arm gently and making this, oh, this is so hard noise. But then Larry grabs her ass and oh. still bets her off. She just goes for it. She flips him, tossing him not too gently onto the floor. Oz casually remarks that that works too. And this is a great callback to the movie when her boyfriend's friend like slaps her ass. Yep. And she like puts him on the ground. Exactly. Yeah. So just don't grab Buffy's ass. No, no, don't grab anybody's ass unless you're friends. Exactly. Friends can grab each other's asses. Teresa, <laughs> who we will see a bit more in this episode is played by Megan Perry, who, like so many of the bit actors of this time, did the round of the teen shows appearing on Dawson's Creek and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, as well as Zoe, Duncan, Jack, and Jane. Oh my gosh, yeah. I know, talk about a show you haven't thought about in a hot second. That's a, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that one. That's up there with, that's up there with Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. Oh, my God. Speaking of yeah. shows you forget about, Ryan Reynolds, his early mm-hmm. his early role. That was like one look- of the first things he did. It, it, it was. Now look at him. I know. In the library, Giles uses a globe and a model of the moon to explain what he's discovered. Turns out there are no official or scientific explanations as to why the cycles of the moon seem to be connected to the human psyche, but they do seem to affect it, with the full moon bringing out the darkest of instincts. And yet, Xander remarks, it led to the creation of the moon pie. Something Giles <laughs> finds to be extremely humorous. He I love how amused by that Giles is. He, yes, he like Xander. It's just one of those random things that Xander says, you know, the, the, the dumb shit that he comes up with. And Giles is just so tickled by this. The girls, however, they are not. No. Giles says the pull of the moon is so great that the werewolf actually prowls for three nights, the night of the full moon and the two nights surrounding it. He says the werewolf is a creature of pure instinct, a living, breathing representation of the animal desires lurking deep within all of us. He says it is a creature without conscience, predatory, a real party animal, or as Buffy says, a typical male. 
Xander is offended on behalf of his gender. (laughs) And Giles says they should not jump to conclusions. Buffy says she didn't jump. She took one small step and their conclusions were. I use that all the time. That's that's one of those quotes from this show that I use in everyday life. Yeah. The point is, Giles says, the wolf man could be a wolf woman or anyone bitten by a werewolf. So then silver bullets? No. Giles says no bullets. Whoever this werewolf is, they're still a human most of the time. Right. So then they bring them back alive. So while Buffy lore does keep a lot of the classic elements of werewolf mythology, Mm -hmm. one bite or scratch changes you, several bullets kill you, there is something they changed up, and that is the going from one night to three. Yes. But this has been done before mm-hmm. in Marvel Comics Werewolf by Night. Yeah, I've that's that's one of those things that in my writing for werewolves and such, I've always used the three nights thing for. Yeah. And then it's one of those like it's it's also one of those things where I don't remember the first time that I heard it, but it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It's not common. So it was used here in Buffy and it was used in Marvel Comics Werewolf by Night. And given the creator's love of horror in comics, everyone originally thought that this was a callback to that. Right. Actually, it was done for story reasons. And the creator forgot all about the comic until after they had already written this. But if they stuck to one night, the story would have to take place in one night or over three months. Exactly. And it's for... for for time reasons, it makes yeah. sense to do the three. Yeah. It's, so that's, three days just gave him a bit more leeway, but it does make total sense. And like and like you said, it's definitely something I've pulled when writing werewolves in my own writing. I, I steal the pack structure from do. Laurel K. Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. And I steal <laughs> the three nights from Buffy and we put it in a blender and And that's why we're friends. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the fact that he just forgot. Yeah, he just about, forgot. He just like, eh, this makes sense. Oh, like he could have played it off as, oh, y- yes, that is where I got it from. That's that's how it happened. But instead, like, I, I just needed an easy way to make this episode. And that's how it worked. <laughs> we switched to that night and Buffy and Giles patrolling the woods around wherever it is the kids go to make out. I know they call it Lover's Lane, but I don't think it has an official name. Every, I mean, that's that's basically what everybody yeah, calls their out teenage. Point, Lover's Lane, whatever. Yeah. Bad decision corner. Bad decision corner. <laughs> That's it. If we ever like have a town, if we ever write anything official and it has a town, all the kids are going to go to Bad Decision decision Corner. (laughs) Buffy approaches Giles and he asks if she found anything. Yes. And he won't believe it. Brittany and Owen were making out despite Owen having a girlfriend. And if she ever found out... Off Giles' look, Buffy realizes this is not the info he was looking for. No. Though we're all here for it. Oh, oh yeah. I am I am here for teenage gossip and finding out that people are making out with people that they shouldn't be making out with. And I am living for it. She says, no. No sign of the werewolf. What about him? Giles says, maybe they should knock on a few windows, see if anyone's seen anything. <laughs> Giles. Buffy tells him that no one up there has noticed anything outside of the car they're in. No. Though I would have loved to see Giles knocking on windows. I know. Just to get everyone's face when the school librarian (laughs) interrupts their makeout session. Why why is the school librarian knocking on our window? Like, why is he here? This is not okay. Also, the names that, like, Buffy said changed from the original version of the script. And that's just, that's a very odd thing to change yeah like it was originally like lisa and tim or something it was it's very weird yeah who knows things change for weird reasons they take off on another round of patrol and buffy heads a bit deeper into the woods point of view changes to an above shot for just a moment making us wonder if buffy isn't being watched right before she accidentally springs a trap and ends up in a net from the brush comes a hunter with a gun declaring gotcha only buffy wasn't what he was hoping to get as he tries to figure out what the hell is going on, Buffy calls from calls for Giles. He comes running, but the hunter, who we learned is named Kane, aims a gun at him. Giles asks who he is, and he says, as he's the one with the gun, he'll be doing the interviewing. Oh, calm down, Kane. Great. Well, before they all get chummy, can they do something about Buffy being in the net? Grabbing a knife from his belt, Kane cuts her down. Giles helps her up, and Kane says he's impressed. What? You know, it's good to get the fruit while it's fresh. Ugh. Ew. There are so many, there there are so many, like, men need to stop being gross in this episode. Giles said he'd be wise to take that back. 
Agreed. I, I would really like to have seen Giles go full ripper mode on Kane for being... I have that he's about to go ripper in just like a sentence. Yeah. Uh, but Kane says the two what the two of them choose to do in Lover's Lane is their business. Ugh. Giles is about to go full ripper on this asshole. You can see, you can see it in his face that he is ready to go for a full knockdown drag out with this guy. But Buffy stops him, telling him that it's not what he thinks. They're hunting werewolves. Kane starts to laugh and Buffy says, sure, it's funny if you don't believe in werewolves. <laughs> no, no, that's not it. It's just funny to think the two of them would ever catch one. Giles looks like he's auditioning to be a librarian and she, well, <laughs> she's a girl. Oh, Oh, Kane. Kane. Giles assures Kane she is quite capable, while Kane asks Buffy just how many werewolves she's managed to catch. As of today, Kane shows off his necklace and says he's torn a tooth from the mouth of every werewolf he's caught. This one will make an even dozen. So he kills them. Yeah, their pelts catch a pretty profit in Sri Lanka, and it's kind of hard to skin them when they're alive. Ugh. Giles is appalled. He hunts werewolves for sport? No, no, he's in it purely for the money. And it doesn't bother him that a werewolf is a person the other 28 days of the month. That's why he only hunts them, these three. So where do the boys and girls like to get together? He's looking for a party? No, the werewolf is. All that sexual energy, it draws him. And if he's not there, it means he's found another spot. Buffy's real sorry, but she doesn't know. Right. He packs up his stuff and Buffy leads Giles off in the other direction. Where are they going? Buffy thinks she knows where the werewolf might be. They just need to get there before Mind Furrier. <laughs> so when the episode, when I was watching the episode, I thought she said my inferior, but she says mind furrier. Mind furrier. Yeah. Yeah. A play on both mind furrier and obviously fur. Yeah. Yep. So Kane is played by Jack Conley, an American actor who has done almost everything yes um aside from buffy fans might recognize him as sajan on angel because he did several he was angel yep. episodes yep i i um, was i looked that up and i noticed that so we'll be talking about him more once we get to to angel angel um he's also jake on animal kingdom and as i personally recognized <laughs> him the guard responsible for opie's death in sons of anarchy what an asshole <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he plays he plays an asshole very well. He, he does. I'm look. sure he's a wonderful person and in real life. That's but. the thing about that's the thing about these character actors who do asshole characters very well. They are usually some of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. And like a lot of times they'll be very apologetic for the shit that they've done on their TV shows and movies. Like, I'm sorry I killed that guy on that show. I feel bad about it, too. In another part of Sunnydale, Teresa walks home alone. Bushes rattle nearby, and Teresa hears what sounds like a small growl, forcing her to speed up and run right into Angelus. <sighs> she apologized, saying she thought she heard something, and he says he doesn't see anything, but that it can get pretty scary out there at night. He looks at her for a moment before asking if he knows her from somewhere. She goes to school with Buffy, right? He knows Buffy? He does. Very well. Offering her his arm, he says he'll get her home. Meanwhile, at the bronze, some band plays while kids dance and or <laughs> make out, and Cordelia sits with Willow. The two of them commiserating together about their guy problems and looking the height of 90s fashion. Yeah, they are. Cord Cordelia's got the Tommy Hilfiger sweater on and Willow has the beaded flower choker. Yep. It's very 90s. You can you can see the date in this in this scene. I like the fact that they brought and they brought Angelus in just a very brief yes. moment in this episode. Just to remember that he is still out there being a shithead. Well, I mean, I think they had to because I oh, think yeah. I think the thing with Angelus is is like because of the MO they established with Angelus, you can't just forget about him yeah. for a couple episodes. He has to to be doing something even if it's i mean not that killing someone is small but even if it's something as small as killing someone buffy knows to remind her yes he's still out there hanging out yeah and but i like and i like that in this like it's a lot of it leading up to where we're gonna go with him is just little things and then it builds and builds and builds until you get to that point point. and yeah, yeah i like i like the little reminders of I'm still here, Buffy. I'm still going to fuck your shit up. Yeah. Cordelia says that lately, all Xander has been doing is talking about Willow and Buffy, that it makes her feel invisible. <clears throat> Willow says she sometimes feels the same way. 
And then when Cordelia calls Xander on it, he acts confused. Willow calls that his, did I smell something face? <laughs> she says Xander's so busy at looking around what he doesn't have that he doesn't realize what he does have. Cordelia says he should at least realize that Willow has Oz. Does she? She's not sure she does. It's like they're in a holding pattern without the holding or anything really. What the hell? What's his problem? <laughs> Oh, right. He's a guy. Yeah, him and Xander. Guys. Guys. Who do they think they are anyway? Couple of guys. I do love this. Like we like we talked earlier, there, there yeah. should have been a little bit of a bridge. But I do love that we get this bonding moment before Cord- with Cord- between Cordelia and Willow. That Cordy is actually being there for her and vice versa. Yeah. And that they're hanging out with each other without any of the others that's present. The, that's the other cool thing. You know, they w- what probably happened is they both went to the bronze. None of their other friends were there. So they just gravitated toward each other because they do... They, they do have stuff in common. And I like the fact that Cordy is complaining about Willow to Willow. Yeah. No, Willow doesn't even but it's care. Always, and it, but, it's all, but it's all about Xander. Like, he's compla- she's complaining about the fact that it's Xander that's doing this. So he's not even, she doesn't even care that it's Willow. No. It's just the fact that the guy is doing this thing. And, I, and it just, it shows how far their relationship has come. It does, especially when you think back to the very beginning, when you think back to the pilot and the way that she treated Willow. Yeah. To this. You know, we, we keep talking about Cordelia's growth and it is awesome to see. But it's short-lived. As the werewolf drops down, ruining everything because he is in fact a guy. Mm-hmm. Ugh, guys. I can, t- uh, I can commiserate with them about guys. I have two of them in my house. Ah! Ew! Guys! Guys. They scream, as does everyone else, and people begin fleeing, which is when Buffy and Giles arrive. Giles remarks that it looks like the hunter was right, and Buffy says the bronze is Sunnydale's own house of hormones. (laughs) I mean, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. No, no. It is the small child nightclub. She climbs out of the car, running into Willow, who tells her the werewolf is inside. There was another line cut here where Cordelia is basically yelling at the doorman for letting the werewolf in. <laughs> like, she says something like, you need to be more discerning with the velvet ropes. Yeah. <laughs> like... I don't think he let him I, in, Cordelia. And I don't think there is any kind of... guest code for the bronze. Everybody goes to the bronze. I'm pretty sure if the werewolf paid his 10 bucks, he can get in. (laughs) Like... We don't even know. Like it's it's always so weird with the with the cover charge and bands and stuff. But I'm pretty sure the werewolf let himself in. Heading in, Buffy begins slowly and cautiously walking around, listening and watching for any sign of the wolf. Seeing a shadow, she heads backstage and comes face to face with him. Grabbing the chain from her bag, she tosses it around his neck, but he manages to break free, escaping through a window and out into the night. Something Kane scolds Buffy for when he shows up. She let it get away. She didn't let it do anything. She had a chain around his neck. A chain. What was she going to do? Take it for a walk? She was going to lock it up. With a shake of his head, Kane says, this is what happens when a woman tries to do a man's job. Oh, come off it, Kane. I'm really sad bad things did not happen to Kane at the end of this episode. I know. I really, really wanted Kane but to... I, but I understand we didn't want Oz... Yeah. ...to hurt anyone. Yeah, because that, that would have been worse than him tearing Kane apart. Giles steps in then saying that Buffy risked her life to capture a beast that he has yet to even locate. Yeah, and Daddy is doing a fine job of carrying the bag of milk bones. Okay, hold on, mister. You do not talk to Giles this way. No, nobody talks. Also, you do not call him Daddy. That is our job. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's for us to do. That, that is, that is what we do. That's not what you do. That is what we do. Yeah. And you choose you choose the worst times to call him daddy. This That's isn't a, right. this isn't that moment. This is not a daddy moment. If no, he was it's beating not. you into the wall. Oh, that that, that would be that, you could that, say something about daddy taking care of business or something like that. Yes. But oh. Kane is just the worst. (laughs) Oh, God, he's terrible for so many reasons. Kane tells Buffy that if the werewolf hurts anyone, it's on her pretty little head. He hopes she can live with that. She says she lives with that every day. Disgusted, Kane walks away saying, first they tell him he can't hunt elephants for the rivalry. And now he's dealing with people for the ethical treatment of werewolves. Oh, fuck off, Kane. I feel like we need people for the ethical treatment of werewolf buttons. We do. 
we, we do. do kind of like um oh like god spew. what was like spew that's what i was thinking yeah yeah, yeah we need i i think yeah i have to work up with that <laughs> yes we need we need buttons yeah he heads off and giles suggests they do the same in an alley probably the same alley we always say our werewolf begins following a trail of blood one that leads him to angelus and Teresa's dead body he and angelus kind of stare at each other for a moment <laughs> growling before angelus slinks back into the shadows leaving the werewolf to stare at Teresa quizzically back in the woods buffy continues her search coming up with nothing she returns to giles's car only to find it empty or at least she thinks it's empty until she calls Giles's name and he sits up with a start having fallen asleep. <laughs> Buffy climbs in and he asks if she found anything. Nada. And she's going to guess he didn't see anything either, seeing as how his eyes were closed. <laughs> He's old. He needs to sleep. Giles starts to say something else, but Buffy silences him, zeroing in on the news report playing on the radio. Teresa's body has been found. And Buffy, Kane's words echoing in her head, immediately assumes she was killed by the werewolf. Giles reminds her that they still have one whole night and that there's nothing else they can do as the sun is starting to come up. The werewolf won't be a werewolf for much longer. No, he will not. Because as we see in the next scene, the werewolf is Oz. Who makes <laughs> in the woods without any clothes? Something that earns a little, huh, huh. <laughs> the fact like just how casually Oz takes everything is one of the things I love about him I had a question about the like that part because like where did he wake up the night before like why is it this night this seems weird or maybe well, it's the fact that it happened twice in a row yeah yeah I think because we don't see him when he wakes up from the previous night because we don't like it up until this point we don't know that it's oz and he also could have so thought he I was sleepwalking until he heard everybody talking about a werewolf the next day yeah and now he's like huh i'm putting huh. two and two together yeah no he i yeah so like one one night is a fluke two nights is a pattern yeah so now he's starting to realize that something is is happening we then go to oz's house where he is calling his aunt maureen maureen seems concerned about oz's finger but he tells her it's healing nicely and actually that's the reason he was calling is jordy a werewolf maureen clearly confirms that yes he is as oz next asks how long that's how long it's been going on <laughs> before answering whatever question she asks next with a no reason a lot of questions especially as aunt marine is so casual about this so the way so what i was just thinking is i i'm wondering like is is it marine or ken who is like like depending on so I, what i'm thinking is whoever is like not the, part of like his parents like if it's his the like one that married into the family that one that married into the family i'm thinking is a werewolf so I'm thinking like if it's Maureen or Ken, like whichever one is the werewolf. So that's passed along to Jordy. So that's why I think that Maureen, knowing that Jordy was a werewolf, makes sense. Like they're not going to tell everybody else. There's so much that could have been done with this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's so there was. So we'll talk about that because they they wanted. Yeah. Originally, they floated the idea of doing a flashback scene or having Oz go visit his uncle. So I'm guessing it's Uncle Ken that would be the werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the I guess they were trying to figure out how to make this all fit time wise. And then the creator was like, well, what if he just calls them? Yeah. So that was why it got like this. And I mean, that's a very Oz thing to do to just call and ask. Yeah, like, yeah. No, it, it makes sense for the character and for time. But they did toy with the idea of going more into it. Um, this yeah. is also the one and only time we will see Oz's house. Yes. Oz is understandably a bit wigged as he walks through the halls of school that day. He enters the library to find the others talking about the werewolf. Buffy upset with herself that she let it get away. Oz is immediately panicked. Is everyone okay? Did anyone get scratched or bitten? No. Willow assures him they're all fine. To which he responds, gladness. Buffy, though, does say that he got someone. Teresa. And when Buffy says got, she means, oh. Giles reminds Buffy that there is still one more night. Something Oz doesn't seem thrilled about as he didn't realize this was a multiple night deal. <laughs> Buffy knows and she's going to give Wolfie something to howl about. Xander says that meanwhile, there's a wolf walking around in his human form, probably mocking them. The way werewolves do? <laughs> 
Oz says that there's no way to tell, right? Xander says they can figure it out. Giles knows stuff and he knows stuff. Right, Willow adds, on the account of the fact he was a hyena that one time, Xander says he knows what it's like to crave freshly killed meat, to give Hmm. in to those urges. Buffy points out that Xander said he didn't remember anything about that. And Xander Mm -hmm. realizes he just fucked up. He did because he told, he told Giles that that he remembered remembered. and Giles promised that he would take it to the grave but (laughs) he told it you can see it on Giles's face standing behind Xander like oh I I guess we're telling everyone about this I I I guess our the secret is out now but in the interest of fighting the werewolf he's just gonna ignore that and point out the big picture which is that he has an affinity with this creature he can (laughs) think like it and I just I love Xander's like vibing stance Oh, his whole whatever it his is whole he's thing doing. as he's like trying to like yeah yeah I I can feel like no honey no yeah. stop so no. he's got this whole thing where he's like I'm the big bad wolf I'm on the prowl <laughs> snarling <laughs> sniffling or like sniffling and of course it becomes obvious to Xander who the wolf is it's been right in front of them the whole time it's Larry. As Oz was standing directly in front of Xander, he looks both relieved by Xander's wrong revelation and a little guilty. Xander continues saying that Larry practically has Wolfboy stamped on him. You've got the dog bite, the aggression, not to mention the copious back hair. And he did seem kind of gleeful about tormenting Teresa. Oz starts to interrupt him, but the gang continues. Xander's going to go talk to Larry, try to force a confession out of him. Giles says good before asking Willow to check the student database and see if there are any others that fit the profile. Buffy... He motions to his office. What? Well, if that fails, he thinks he has an idea. She follows, saying, three minutes in a cage, her and the werewolf. That's all she asks. She follows Giles, and Willow asks Oz if he's okay. She knows he knew Teresa. Yeah, yeah, he's just... It's a lot. It is. But Willow says there are things they can do to help. That sometimes it feels good to help. Definitely distracted, Oz mumbles a, uh-huh. So Willow continues... <laughs> Like, she's going to be looking up stuff most of the night. If he wants to stay and help, he could. Oz says he can't, that he has plans. Oh, okay. Telling Willow he needs to go, he runs off. Willow looks sad, and Buffy does too, as she watches Willow from the doorway. In the creepy-ass locker room, which never gets less creepy. No, these, these, these are the creepiest locker rooms I've ever seen, and we've watched Teen Wolf. Xander confronts Larry, telling him that he knows his secret, what he does at night. At first, Larry threatens to pummel Xander, as is Larry's way. But as Xander reminds him that that won't make it go away, that people will still find out, Larry backs down, at first offering hush money. And then, after Xander says no, he just wants to help, that he's been there too, Larry confesses that he's gay. And he's never told anyone because, well, he was afraid how people would look at him. And it's the 90s. Yeah, and it's the 90s. Xander being gay is no big deal. He's a no one. But Larry, he'd have to quit the football team, possibly leave town. He does say it feels good to say it out loud, though, to finally be free with that part of himself. Of course, through all this, Xander is trying to tell Larry that no, no, that is not what he meant. And he is not gay. At first, he can't get a word in edgewise as Larry is thanking him, saying it's good that Xander can bring out this side of him. And then, well, Larry promises to keep Xander's secret, assuming that, like Larry, Xander just wants to keep the whole thing under wraps. This whole scene is delightful. I love this scene. Plus, I love the fact that Larry is not like he like Larry. Okay, so Larry is wrongly assuming what Xander thought he knew and everything. But the fact that Larry, you could see you could like this actor. I haven't seen much since this, but the acting that he does, the switch between the meathead Larry to this Larry, it's such a great transition. And you could almost see very realistically how he has this weight lifted off of his chest and that somebody is again wrongly acknowledging something (laughs) but just being able to admit it to someone is a relief to him it is and i love that it actually is a change for the character and you see later on in the episode that he is a different person he's a good guy and he's like yeah i mean and And again like guy but he's he's still a guy but you know he's he's just the true larry the true larry 
Yeah. And I just want Larry to live his best life. I hope after, you know, the school blows up and he goes to college, I hope Larry lives his best life. Yeah, I hope he has a nice husband and a couple of children. I know. I know. He, he you know, and, and he has a great story that he can tell about how he felt the pressures of society that he had to be this certain way. And he, you can you can be a football player and be gay. Yes, no big yes. deal. There needs to be some sort of there needs to be some sort of documentary about Larry in yes, in there universe. does. Yes, like he needs to go on. He needs to go to college on a scholarship, <laughs> have a great career in in college, then go to the NFL and be an inspiration for all little gay boys who want to play football and also be gay. I love it. I'm going to just decide this is what happened to Larry. That is what happened to Larry. Back in the library, Buffy checks with Willow to see if they found anyone else who fits the werewolf profile. Willow says there is one person whose name is coming up. Aggressive behavior, problems with authority, tons of violent incidents. Buffy says most of those were not her fault. Willow's just standing up for herself. Willow says she's hard counting to 10 can help when angry. Buffy starts counting and when she gets to three... Willow says she'll keep looking. Buffy remarks that she seems to be looking solo. Yeah, uh, it's needed to be somewhere far away from her. Mm. She just can't figure him out. He runs so hot and cold, or rather lukewarm and cold. Buffy says boys are dumb. They gain body hair and lose all ability to tell us what they want. A trade that Willow hardly thinks seems fair. Buffy says if Willow wants to speed things up with Oz, she might have to make the first move. They gather their things, heading out of the library as Willow laments how complicated everything has gotten. It used to be easy to tell if a boy liked you. He punched your arm and then ran back to his friends. (laughs) Hugh Xander coming up and punching Buffy in the arm. Right as Willow says she needs to go meet Cordelia. She promised to look over Cordelia's history homework before class. And, well, that is probably going to lead to her doing Cordelia's history homework. (laughs) As she leaves, Xander makes a comment about how Willow and Cordelia have been spending a lot of time together lately. And that perhaps it's time he starts panicking. Mm -hmm. Buffy asks how it went with Larry and Xander immediately gets defensive. What's that supposed to mean? It means, how did it go with Larry? Xander says he's not the werewolf. Buffy starts a follow-up question, but Xander cuts her off. He's not the werewolf, okay? Okay, (laughs) but now they've lost their lead suspect, which puts them back at square bone. Xander tells Buffy they're not boned, for she is Buffy, slayer of evil, defender of things that need defending. Buffy says to tell that to Teresa. She could have used some defending when she was... Hold on. None of the reports said anything about her being mauled. The news linked her death to the animal attack, so they just assumed. But Xander says if the werewolf didn't kill her, then what did? Vampire. Buffy shows Xander the bite marks as they visit Teresa, where she's laid out in the funeral home. Xander says that's good, right? In the sense that it wasn't the werewolf. Buffy looks at him and Xander says, she's right. There's no good here. No, none at all. Buffy goes over to the guest book, remarking that Teresa had a lot of friends before going to add her name. Xander says she can't blame herself for every death that happens in Sunnydale. If it wasn't for her, people would be lined up just waiting to be buried. Willow would be Robbie the robot's love slave. He wouldn't have a head and Teresa's a vampire. (laughs) Xander points behind Buffy to where Teresa has risen in full vamp face. She jumps out of the coffin and goes right for Buffy. The two struggle and breaking an easel holding a wreath, Buffy makes a makeshift state. Only when it comes time to drive it into her heart, she can't. As Teresa tells her that Angel sends his love. The shock of that moment terribly renders Buffy motionless, but it's okay, because Xander has grabbed the rest of the easel and stakes Teresa, a moment that appears in the opening credits. Yep, I love those moments. The two share a look before Xander helps Buffy up, asking if she's all right. Buffy says no, not really, because he's just going to keep coming after her. Xander holds her and tells her to remember he's not the guy she knew. Slowly, Buffy pulls away, the two sharing another look before Buffy walks out. Xander sarcastically commenting on how complicated his life is. Yep. So in this scene, Xander mentions Robbie the Robot, and this mm-hmm. is a reference to Forbidden Planet, a 1956 science fiction film. It is considered one of the greatest science fiction films of the 1950s and has been compared in setting to Shakespeare's The Tempest. So much so that the film is actually considered to be a loose adaption. Yep. No, it is. It's a Forbidden Planet is a fantastic is a fantastic movie. It has been a day since uh, I have. Yeah, seen yeah. No, it, it's, it, it has been. Yeah, it has been a while. But and I like that in this whole this whole bit, how many moments from the past are brought up? Yes. 
Yeah, we we're hitting uh, season one hard this episode because we have because you have the you have the witch yeah. from the beginning of the episode. You know, he mentions he talks about being the hyena Xander. You have I Robot and then Teacher's Pet and then Teacher's Pet and then also I like the whole thing about how if it wasn't for her, more people would be dead. Yeah. which alludes to when we get to the wish. Yeah. Then when we get to the wish, we're going to talk about that one a lot because I I love the way they set it up. I love Vampire Xander about as much as I love Hyena Xander. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I feel that that just from what we saw in first season, that world would be very different. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that though when we get to the and wish. Where's Jesse? Where's yeah? Exactly. Jesse would be there. <laughs> Well, maybe he's off they're, with Darla because we don't see Darla either. That's true. That's so true. Maybe they're they're off doing evil mission. Yes. Okay. Meanwhile, deep in the woods, in his creepy van, Kane makes silver bullets, preparing for the hunt. As the moon begins to rise, Oz empties a box of chains onto his dining room table. He is just about to lock himself in when someone begins knocking at his door rather insistently. He hesitates at first, wondering if they'll just go away. But once it becomes clear they won't, he gets up to see who it is. Willow. She barges in saying she had this all written down but forgot it. Oz tries to get rid of her, but she doesn't register that. Instead, she goes on saying she doesn't know what to make of him, of them. First, he buys her popcorn. Then he's glad she wasn't bit, not to mention he tucked in her tag. But she guess that doesn't (laughs) mean anything to him because of spending the night with her. He's home, alone, doing nothing. Buffy told her that sometimes the girl has to make the first move. And now that she's saying all this aloud, she thinks she preferred the written version. But Oz knows what she means. He does. He does. And it is not her. Really, it's him. He's going through some things. Well, welcome to the world. They're all going through some things. Oz says it's not like that. No, because no one could ever. He's a special boy with chains and stuff. (laughs) Willow realizes what she just said and looks again, this time more wary. Why does he have chains and stuff? That is a quote I just, for no reason, use all the time. With chains and stuff. Why do you have chains and stuff? Yeah, I would like to also know why he has chains and stuff. He probably stole them from the creepy boiler room of the school. (laughs) They seem to just be or, hanging from the ceiling down there. Or or he ended up like going over to see Uncle yeah. Ken and Aunt Marine and yeah, they he were like, over, here, yeah. have some chains and stuff. That's true. He might have gone over to see them when we weren't looking. Yeah. Feeling the first pangs of his transformation, Oz tells Willow she needs to go, that she can't be there. As she slowly begins to approach the couch, Oz continues to transform, eventually popping up a fully transformed werewolf. Willow screams and begins to run. She bolts from the house, Oz following, and when she jumps over a fence, she waits and hits Oz in the face with a trash can. (laughs) Kane drives his van through the neighborhood looking for any sign of the werewolf. Hearing the howl, he heads in that direction. In the library, Giles opens a case to reveal a fairly heavy-duty tranquilizer gun. Buffy enters and she apologizes for being late, but she had to do some unscheduled slayage in the form of Teresa. She's a vampire? Was. Angel sent her as a token of his affection. Giles starts to say something, but Buffy says, not now. They can all have a good cry later. After, they stop the werewolf. Willow runs through the park, Oz following right behind. She trips over a log and falls, and for a second, it looks like this is the end of Willow. But the werewolf starts sniffing around, smelling something, and so heads in that direction. Willow does not waste any time getting out of there. Giles finishes assembling the gun and tells Buffy they're ready. It's time to go stop this thing. Buffy has just one question. How do they find him? (laughs) Cue Willow running in, telling them that it's Oz. Is she sure? Yeah, he said he was going through all these changes and then he went through changes. (laughs) Literally, he went through changes. Where is he now? The woods. They start to head out, but seeing the gun, Willow panics. They can't kill Oz. Yeah, he's the werewolf, but he doesn't mean to be. Buffy assures Willow they're not going to hurt Oz. Giles tells Willow there's enough Barbasol in there to down a small elephant. It should handle the <laughs> regular werewolf. Turns out that what Oz was smelling was meat, laid out by Kane as a trap. Oz heads towards it while Kane watches, muttering things like good doggy and play dead. 
as he goes to pull the trigger. This guy is the worst. He is the worst. Like, even even as far as villains go, he is just the worst. Only he never gets to pull the trigger as Buffy kicks him, knocking the gun from his hand. Oz notices this and heads towards them. Buffy and Oz fight, Giles trying to get a straight shot for the tranquilizer, when Oz throws Buffy into Willow and Giles. Willow reaches for the gun and shoots Oz straight in the chest as he charges them. He goes down and Willow says she shot him. Giles tells her she saved them. Getting up, Kane says the problem with this town is no one is man enough to kill the monsters. Bending his gun in half, Buffy says she wouldn't say that and tells him to let the door hit his ass on his way out of town. He leaves and Buffy goes to Willow. Willow asks if he'll be okay and Giles says he'll be a little sore in the morning. But he'll be Oz. To wrap up this episode, we head back to Sunnydale High. Xander and Buffy walk together, Xander asking what they do now. How are they supposed to act when they see him? Now that they know all they know. (laughs) Buffy reminds Xander that he's still a human most of the time. This causes Xander to ask who she's talking about. Oz! Who's he? No one. Okay. Larry's friends knock a girl's book from her hand, but Larry stops and helps her with them before coming over, thanking Xander for what he did. What did he do? Nothing. Nothing that they need talk about ever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Larry knows, just... Thanks. He claps Xander on the shoulder before walking away. Well, that was weird. What? Xander looks at Buffy as they head over to the tables. Can't a guy just thank another guy because he was in the locker room when absolutely nothing happened? And he (laughs) thought he told her not to push. Buffy just meant that he didn't try to look up her skirt. Oh, yeah, that. I love Buffy's confusion. <laughs> She's just, she has no She's idea like, what's happening in this conversation. I, I love, I just love her, her whole expression here. Just like, uh, uh, what is, what is happening? Like, Xander, you're acting weirder than normal. Like, what is going on? Buffy remarks that it must be the moon. It does stuff to people. It's definitely going to put a strain on Willow and Oz's relationship. What relationship? They're talking obedience school, paper training, not to mention <laughs> Oz is always out in the backyard burying their stuff. <laughs> Xander doesn't feel Willow safe with Oz, and if it was up to him, Buffy reminds him that it's not up to him. Outside, Willow approaches Oz. She asks how he is, and he says he spoke to Giles, who said he'll be okay. He just needs to lock himself up on the full moon. Only he used more words than that, and a globe. (laughs) Oh, Giles. (laughs) Oh, we love Giles. We do. Do we love Giles? Is it apparent that we love Giles? I don't think it's apparent we love Giles at all. No. No. (laughs) Willow says she's sorry she shot him, and he says he's sorry he almost ate her. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're even. (laughs) She says she wishes he would have told her. And he says he knows, but it's not every day you find out you're a werewolf. That's fairly freaksome. And he did just he he did just find out like it's not like a few hours months. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he didn't have much of a time to prepare for it. It's a complication. Oz says he knows, and he was thinking that maybe it might be better if he just stayed out of her way for a while. But she likes him in her way. She likes him. He's nice and funny, and he doesn't smoke. And yeah, werewolf, but they can work with that. After all, three days out of the month, she isn't much fun to be around either. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, no, I mean... Truth, truth. Three yeah. days of the month, yeah. I am I am not a pleasant person and threaten to kill my girlfriend with a spoon when she doesn't immediately get up off the couch to get me the ice I, cream she asked if I wanted. I have been very miserable with the men in my family because they are obnoxious sometimes. So if he'd like to, she'd still like to. Yeah, he'd like to. They smile at one another and Willow starts to leave before turning around and going back to kiss him. As she walks away, Oz comments... A werewolf in love. The end. Yay! I love this episode. I love it too. Um, One of the people attached with the show uh, said that they thought this would go down as one of the top 10 episodes of Buffy. And I think they're right. This is just such a great episode. And I I think because it's Oz, it's just like him finding out this stuff about himself it's just interesting. Like, it's just he takes things in stride. But like seeing him when he realizes that when he thinks that he attacked Teresa. Yeah. And seeing him worried because he is such an unflappable character, like seeing that side of him is also very interesting. And it's very subtle. Like Seth Green is a very subtle. He is. He's a very subtle actor. actor. Yeah. 
So because of everything going on, I did not have time to do the deep dive I would normally do on werewolves. I'm going to save that for season four when we have more werewolves. More werewolves. More werewolves. So I will just say that it is very interesting to me that nearly every culture has a lycanthropy type legend. This is this is one of those things that you find in every corner of the globe. And it's just it's very, very interesting. It is. And it's it's one of those things that when you look back, when you look back at it and you see where like because of how spread out the different cultures are, it is interesting when you see this kind of overlapping because a lot of these cultures didn't have any kind of contact with each other. But the fact that they have similar myths is always interesting to see. And just to see how, like, as a as a people, we develop the same things. So that's it for this week. Uh, thank you all for listening. And make sure to join us next time when we take on Season 2, Episode 16, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. It's one of my favorite Xander Does Dumb Shit episodes. And, and we get to talk about how this episode is, yes, you can talk about Xander being uber problematic yes yes because i mean like yes he doesn't intend for every woman to fall in love with him but love spells at all are problematic and we'll oh, yeah talk, we'll talk about that next week um yep. until then check out our various social media channels all of which will be listed in the show notes and if you like the show and you want to let us know it you can subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at the watchers diaries at gmail.com bye bye